0: so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets. Well, all right, we are back with our book publishing A to Z series, and this is part two. Now, in the interest of time, I'm going to jump right into our topics this week, but make sure that you check out part one so that you don't miss anything. Lots of important details. Everything is important. So check out the entire series, Okay? All right. Well, let's jump into our first term for today, which is distribution. Now, this is a very important topic because it's an area that, in my experience, is often missed. As a matter of fact, the details that I'm going to share with you today, I did not fully understand when I self published. So, that's one of the reasons why I want to make sure that you get this info, that you get these insights so that you do not repeat my mistakes. Okay. So, distribution is all about making your book available to the people who need it. And we often think about The reader who goes online to Amazon is the name that we often think of when it comes to publishing, right? We're thinking of the reader who pulls out their Amazon app or goes to the Amazon website and searches for a book to solve a particular problem, to answer a question, or to meet a need like being entertained, right? But here's the deal it's not just that end user reader who's on the internet that we need to think about. There are other players like retailers and wholesalers. So when you land a traditional publishing deal, which we will talk a little bit more about that later in our journey, but when you land a traditional publishing deal, meaning there's a publishing house that is leading the effort to get your book published and out in the mainstream, they're going to make sure that your book is available in the appropriate markets. But family, if you self-publish, it is up to you to figure out how to maximize your distribution. And most aspiring authors that I talk to miss this detail. If you only publish through Amazon KDP, you will not get the maximum distribution, which means you miss out on sales and the opportunity to impact more people. Okay, so that's how I think about sales. Sales equals impact. Now, make no mistake about it. Amazon is a major player in the book business. As a matter of fact, 10% of Amazon's revenue is expected to be generated from book sales. That's huge. So there are a lot of books being sold on Amazon. But if you want to reach more readers and make more money, you need a distribution strategy that Includes, yes, Amazon KDP, but also another huge player. And that huge player is Ingram Spark. All right. So, what is the benefit of bringing Ingram Spark into the equation? Well, remember, we talked about that Amazon is really for that end user who's on the internet. The benefit of publishing a paperback with Ingram Spark is that it goes into their massive distribution network that reaches beyond the internet. That's what we really want for impact, right? So, if you want to see your book in brick and mortar bookstores, yes, they still exist. If you want to see your book available in libraries, then those outlets don't leverage Amazon to get their books. They have relationships with Ingram Spark, okay? So, yes, the process is different. It does mean that you now need to go to two different platforms to submit your book if you self publish. And there are some fees involved in setting up your book on Ingram Spark. So, there definitely are some additional considerations. But if your goal is really to impact the maximum amount of people and really turn your book into a business, it makes sense to include Ingram Spark in your strategy. All right. All right. Now, let's move on to our next topic, which is exclusivity. Now, when I was thinking about this initially, I was really thinking more from the standpoint of a traditional publishing deal in which there is a contract and there are certain things that you want to look out for in that contract, which we will definitely cover. But then, you know, I thought, you know, in order to really do this topic justice, we also need to look at exclusivity in the self-publishing world. So let's cover both. So since I was actually just talking about Amazon, let me continue along that vein. So in general, when you publish to Amazon KDP, you're not granting exclusive license in general. But there is an exception to that. There is a program that Amazon offers, which is called KDP Select. Now this is an opt-in program, which means that it is optional. So you can choose to opt out of it But this is a program in which if you select that box, you are giving Amazon KDP the right to exclusively distribute your book for a 90 day period, at least at the time of this recording, it was 90 days, right? So what does that really mean? Let's break that down. So that means if you check that KDP select box, then you can't publish your book on any other platform, including your own website for a 90 day period. Yes, you are licensing exclusive rights to Amazon to publish your ebook. I should specify your ebook during the time period that you opt in. So this means that we're giving up some independence, right? That means that essentially for that 90 day period, Amazon is in the driver's seat for that ebook. We know from our interactions on social media, right? What that can mean, right? So Amazon has certain practices and logarithms and things that are not under our control, which means to some degree, the exposure for our ebook is dependent upon Amazon and their strategy. So the question would be, well, why in the world would anyone check this box for KDP Select? Well, there are some benefits to it as well, right? If you opt in to KDP Select, of course, Amazon is going to reward you for that because it helps them with a specific goal, which is to increase their subscriptions, their subscriptions of Kindle Unlimited. Now, if you're an avid reader, you may have already heard of Kindle Unlimited, as I have, which allows you to pay a fixed price per month, and then you can borrow and read an unlimited number of books. So some people binge on Netflix, and avid readers often binge on Kindle Unlimited, right? So instead of having to pay all those separate fees, you just get to enjoy all the books that you like by borrowing and checking in books. So it's like an electronic library, if you will, right? So when you opt into KDP Select, then that means that you also get the benefit of that audience. So your book has the potential to get more exposure. It's easier to discover. There are also some promotional things that happen with authors that opt into KDP Select. So There may be a free promotional period that helps you attract more reviews, Kindle countdown deals, all types of things. Again, designed to help Amazon accomplish the goal of selling more subscriptions, as well as you have the potential to benefit again by getting more exposure. So exclusivity is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just important that you understand what is happening and it's also important that you understand that you cannot promote that on your website, right? So you don't wanna get in trouble by violating the agreement that you have entered into with KDP, all right? If you have one book and you're just starting out, it may be worth a try, at least for the first 90 days so that you can kind of see how it works and learn from that experience, all right? It may be worth a try, just know what you are getting into. All right. Now on the traditional publishing side, let's talk about what it looks like in terms of exclusivity. So when you are working with a traditional publishing house, you are going to want to, as in the case with anything, right? You're going to want to make sure that you read the contract before you sign it. All right. You want to make sure you read the contract before you sign it so that you know what you're getting into. And there are some things that you are looking for to make sure there's tons of things in here, but for the purposes of our time today, there are some things that you're looking for as it pertains to exclusivity. So, the first one is reference of assignment. So, this is likely to be in a section of the contract that talks about a grant of rights, license, permission, or permitted uses. All right. So, we're looking for that section in particular. And if we see the word assignment, then what this says is that we are assigning or transferring complete ownership of our work over to someone else. In this instance, the publishing house. So that means bye-bye copyright and bye-bye royalties, all right? So that would be an extreme instance. You probably won't see it, but definitely make sure that you check your contract to understand what's happening. Do you see assignment specifically called out? You may also see words like exclusive or non-exclusive licenses, all right? Exclusive or non-exclusive licenses. So if you see non-exclusive license, then that means that you can grant the same rights to multiple people, right? So you're not locked in, you're not committed to just that one person. However, if you see exclusive license, then that means that you can only grant it to one person. In this instance, the publishing house that you are signing an agreement with has exclusive rights to the book, right? That means, let me make sure that we're clear here. That means that you no longer have rights to the book. So that's one of the trade-offs when you opt for traditional publishing. We'll talk more about this later in our journey, okay? But also understand that the traditional publishing houses is, is putting a lot on the line. They're investing a lot to help get this book out there. So it should be expected that you're going to see a reference to exclusive rights to the publisher, right? You should expect to see that in the contract. But what might be negotiable is the limits of that exclusivity, right? So maybe you wouldn't want to necessarily grant the exclusive rights to your audiobooks or other translations. Again, everything has the potential to be negotiated. So your goal, my goal would be as a author business owner, is to limit the amount of exclusivity that I have to give up in order to get that publishing deal, All right? So remember, exclusivity means that you're relinquishing rights. And so you want to make sure that you're looking at that if you're looking to sign a traditional publishing deal in your contract, or if you're going the self-publishing route, just make sure you think through that with The option for KDP Select. All right. Well, let's move on. In the interest of time, let's talk about formatting. Now, this is another one that's a hot button for me because I see it go left so many times, right? But this is very important because you hear me say it a lot, but it's true. If your mission with your writing is to impact the world, then you've got to think of your writing as a business, right? If you were to go into a brick and mortar store, and everything was strewn around. It was dirty. It wasn't well taken care of, right? You wouldn't wanna shop in that store. The same is true of your books. Your book represents you, it sends a message about who you are and the type of quality that you produce. Your books are your products, right? And so, in order to sell them well, you have to take into consideration every element of the process. And that includes some things that we talked about in part one like copy editing and things like that, proofreading, make sure that those things are in place, but also the formatting, the interior of the book, the exterior of the book, all of that matters, right? Because here's what it does. It impacts the readability of your book, right? It impacts the readability of your book. So if a person cracks open your book and they don't feel that it's put together well, then more than likely, they're not going to continue reading, right? Right which means the impact that you were looking to have, you will not have. So just as the design of your cover is important, you probably heard that, it's just as important that your typesetting and interior design not be taken for granted. So a couple of things you've got to decide. Either one, you're going to do the research to learn how to properly format your book. Right? You're going to do the research to learn how to properly format your book, and you're going to get something, a proof, a physical copy of your book before you kind of release it to the masses Right, to make sure that it actually presents well. So either that's one route, or two, you're going to tap into people that already are experts in this process to help you with the formatting because you realize that your book is a representation of you, right? So there's a couple of ways you could do this. There's certainly uh, freelancers on platforms like Upwork and Fiverr that you could use for the formatting of your book, but also be aware that you're going to have to vet those people. You're going to have to make sure that they can do a good job, that they can live up to what they say. And for me, that goes beyond reviews. It's actually getting a feel for what they've done. So getting samples of their work. There have been great experiences. And there have been not so great experiences. So just know that you may be on a journey as you go through that process. The other option is to work with someone who does formatting. So this is often what we hear about when we say there's a self-publishing house or a self-publishing program. What that really means is not so much the publishing of it to Amazon, which we've talked about is free, but helping get your book ready for publishing and making sure that it represents you well, right? So. Think about it. If someone does this for a living, day in, day out, they're formatting books, they have a level of proficiency and expertise that a person that does it from time to time does not have. All right, at least they should, right? So in theory, you should get a better product. It can save you time and energy. And in my book, that's also saving money because if I have to spend hours and hours and hours working on something and revising it and doing it again, then it's costing me time, which is also costing me money. Now, if that sounds personal, it is <laughs> because that's what happened with my first book, right? I totally underestimated what that process looked like. I didn't have a clear guide or a template to actually do that. And it just resulted in lots and lots of lost hours and frustration. So you may have heard me say before, I, w- I don't intend to ever do that again, but it is an option, If you want to learn the process, it can be done successfully on your own. Just know that you must commit to that journey. So let's talk about our final topic, which is genres. The way I think about genres is it's a category or a way of organizing books. And you'll see lots if you go onto a book website, for example like Amazon, you'll see many different categories. And the question is, why is this the case? Well, from my point of view, it helps the writer and the reader, right? So for the writer, it helps to guide their thought process in putting together their book. So for example, if you know that you're going to be writing a book that's on self-help, There are other books that are in that category, in that genre. And you can get a feel for the approach for those books. What are some of the ways that other authors have effectively communicated their message in the self-help category? Or if you're planning to tell about an excerpt of your life, which would be a memoir, a notable experience in your life, then what are some other books that do a good job of telling that story in a way that's relatable and impactful for the reader. Or if you're planning on writing in romance and fantasy, right? It kind of guides your approach to writing. And equally so, it helps to guide the reader. So readers have an expectation of what they're going to get, for example, with a romance book, right? So they're expecting love. They're expecting Warm fuzzies, they're expecting to be swept off their feet, right? Those are things that they are looking for in their book when they look for a book in that category, whereas they have different expectations for self help. So, genres actually, in my view, provide a service. They help you as a writer and they help the reader to make strategic choices about what to include and how. It's presented from the writer's point of view, and for the reader, it helps them to make strategic choices about what books they are going to select. So why is this on the list? Because I want you to make sure that before you publish your book, that you do the research to really understand what other books in that genre are selling well and how they communicate. Now, this is not about mimicking or patterning necessarily after those other authors you you certainly can because i believe that success leaves clues you're certainly free to do your own thing and march to the beat of your own drum but also know that the reader is ultimately the person the marketplace is ultimately going to decide right whether that book is impactful for them so why not get a preview of what readers might expect before you publish. So the temptation as a writer is to just sit down and just write what comes to mind and to, of course, hopefully get that edited and everything and and publish that, right? And you can do that. But if your ultimate goal is to impact people, you have to make sure that you're taking them into account in the writing and publishing process. And we'll talk more about this as we continue our journey of book publishing a To Z. Next time, we're going to talk about ISBN. What in the world is this phrase? (laughs) We're going to talk about the importance of keywords, specifically as it relates to publishing on Amazon. We're going to talk about pricing, the list price. This is important. We've got to talk about this because how you price your book matters. And then we're going to delve into the topic of traditional publishing from the standpoint of what is a literary agent? What is their job? And why might I need one? I pray that this series is blessing you and I look forward to chatting with you in part three. God bless. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode of Publishing Secrets, where our mission is to inspire you to write, publish, and profit in a way that honors God. If this episode has been a blessing to you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, then rate and review.